Welcome back to Interview You. This is Coach Lewis Shine. Hey, we got another special guest on the show today. Um, Scott Saber, the founder and CEO of Uncommon Competitor LLC. We'll get right into it. Welcome to the show, Scott. Honored to be here. Let's get after it. Hey, man. So honored to have you on. Um, you know, as I said before, this show is we like to gear things towards coaches um, and athletes as well. So it's just an honor to have you on. I know you have a, a really great body of work that you've, uh, you know, had a chance to take part of, you know, the last um, several plus years, of course. And so um, just honored to link up with you, man. So we'll jump into it. Scott, tell us a little bit about yourself, just dating back from, I mean, we can go back as far as high school, college, where you're from and just kind of just your upbringing. Yeah, no, thanks so much for asking. Every, everyone's got a story. I think one of the biggest problems in coaching right now for every coach and player that's listening is that you don't share your story enough. You have to be intentional. Nobody will ever ask you for it like they should. So you have to be very intentional. Everyone's story is just as valuable, but we have to be really intentional about that. So thanks for listening to mine. And I'll try to um, highlight some lessons inside of each uh, piece of my background or history too, if that's okay, as along the journey and the call. No so problem. Appreciate it so much. I uh, was very fortunate. Grew up in a, a small town, 500 people in Northern Minnesota and uh, high school had some good success. You know, we were um, a pretty successful team throughout high school. And then uh, to the collegiate level, I played in Juco for two years and had two different college coaches in junior college. So for any coaches out there listening, players, uh, you have to be adaptable. This is not an option. Uh, it's non-negotiable. You have to be adaptable. And I feel like I've experienced every conditioning drill, the coaching philosophy, you know, no matter, <laughs> matter woman as a player. So thanks for listening. Juco for two years, two different coaches. Uh, pretty successful there in Minnesota and then went to a division two after that in Minnesota called Moorhead State University and had two other different coaches. And one coach got fired one year. Another one moved to stay with his family and um, experienced a lot of coaching variety. So I feel like I can, I can relate to a lot of coaches and players. And then six years later, thanks for listening, played in the ABA for a little bit. So. Oh man, the ABA, man, I actually, that's the year I played pro ball. Um, had an opportunity to play in the ABA, man. So it, it was, uh, you know, during the years where right before the D-League came on the scene, it was kind of like the D-League yeah. before the D-League. Uh, so I had a chance to play with a few guys that, you know, former NBA guys. So when you say that ABA name, man, the first thing I think about is that experience and that red, white, and blue ball. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, man, just transitioning from there, um, you know, you had your, your high school, your college, your, your pro stint. You know, was there what what part of that kind of made you grab onto it enough to want to stay a part of the game and be able to just work around the sport? Yeah, great question. So um, I highly recommend anyone who's listening, do what excites you. Don't do what makes you happy. That's completely different. I give my wife a glass of wine and she'll be happier, 3% happier in like three seconds. But if I get her in a place that excites her and if the game excites you, even when you lose or you fall short or your team underperforms, that's where you're supposed to be. Get in a place professionally that excites you and then you have unfair advantages. And that was really highlighted to me first and foremost when I was the head strength coach at University of Detroit. And I got to be around the Fab Five guys from Michigan for four years. Hmm. And I got to play pickup with them and play in the Pro-Am out there for four years. And being a, growing up in a small town – I didn't know, Lewis, what it felt like to compete at a high level. I heard what people told me what, it was, what was needed to compete at a high level, but I never felt it 
until I got on the floor with pros. Mm. And the Fab Five guys changed my life when I got to hoop with them. Wow. Man, that, that's some amazing stuff right there. Uh, Jimmy King, man, rings a bell as you talk about the Fab Five. Um, he's a really good dude, man. I got a chance to meet him. Actually, when I played in the ABA, he played for a, a team in uh, Dallas called the Fort Worth Tycoons at the time. And, you know, it was on his oh. way out. But he's a good dude, man, good good character, man, good, good quality guy. Um, so, yeah, that experience, man. So after that experience, um, still hanging around the sport, how do we – um, begin to transition. I mean, because, you know, one of the things in talking to yourself, I know you just have a mind for the game and not only a mind for the game, but uh, another mind behind it. And it kind of brings out your the name of your, your your company, Uncommon Competitor. You know, there's a lot of people that are competitors, but the uncommon side, speak to that a little bit as far as your, your approach to the game. Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, again, I would put this disclaimer out there to everyone listening. Don't believe a word I say ever. Don't believe what anyone says ever, even if it feels right. Uh, curiosity serves its own purpose. And one thing that probably changed my life inside of that question was if the path that you're on, if you're doing anything that's popular or the majority is doing it, you're, you're not even close to paying attention to what's important. Everything you do from when you wake up to the morning how you get up, how you brush your teeth, how you act, how you talk, how you don't talk, what you talk about, everything, your habits, routines, rituals, everything on and off the court has to be the exact opposite of everyone else. I'm so convicted in that space. It's unbelievable. You'll never change my mindset on that ever. Hopefully I demonstrate a high level. So it requires a lot of discipline that uh, intentionally leads to hopefully good habits that become on autopilot in the future and things. But um, that's why I created the name of my business because I really believe in being different as a difference. Now, with with you creating that, was there like a, to you know, just speaking to what you just mentioned about just not believing anything and just coming at things in a different kind of angle, was there one experience that you might have had? And if it's not, it's okay. But if there's, is there one experience that kind of happened to you that started making you look at things in a different way? Is there is there one or two or something like that that, that could, you could share with us? Yeah, great point. So please, anyone listening, coaches, players in the future here, anyone at the current, current time, um, experience means nothing. So again, we're all fortunate to have very unique, unique, diverse experiences throughout our lives if we pay attention to them. And that's why attention is more important than experience, right? In one second, I can change your life. You can change my life if we pay attention to it, right? I like what Oprah always talks about. Hey, what is this currently teaching me right now? That's that question over and over and over again, whether your team wins a game, you're underperforming, you're successful, whatever it is, like keep your radars up. And for me, the huge turning point, thanks to your patience, was when, um, and again, there's a lot of one, a lot of them if you pay attention, but one that really jumps out is I got to speak, or I got to hang out with a mentor of mine in Orlando for about eight days. And he invited me down. He's like, hey, just come hang out. We'll go have a steak at the restaurant that he managed. And it was just a unique experience. And he introduced me to a lot of different people who acted differently, Lewis, who talked differently, who lived differently. And it was around a group of people that I never really encountered before in my life. And I was 23 at the time. And this changed my life, sir. Because what happened is all these people I met, they literally gave me the exact same advice, even though they were in different platforms. Mm. And they said, hey, you need to 
literally be a sponge on steroids. Like you, you can't not walk around and suck people's brains dry and learn and ask very, very unique questions to people and not be extremely intentional about it and read and read and read. And you couldn't catch me. Thanks for listening. You couldn't catch me to be in a bookstore or read a book ever, cover to cover, high school, college, ever before that to save my life. It just wasn't popular. It never got celebrated. It wasn't rewarded. So why in the heck would anyone ever do that? Mm. So long story short, I fly back to Detroit, Michigan, where I was living at the time after my eight-day trip. I go to Borders Bookstore. I'll never forget this. And you couldn't catch me in a bookstore, a bookstore to save my life. It's not popular. It's just not in for coaches. It's hard. Yeah. You make excuses. Oh, oh, here's a book, Lewis. This will change your life. Well, if I'm a coach at any level right now, I might get to it in 2045. Because I'm so busy, and maybe I'll break it open the first chapter, but it takes a long time to get that information in, right? Yeah. Let alone finish the book. Thanks for your patience. Almost done. <laughs> I go to Borders Bookstore that night. I get back from my trip, and I grab one of the books off the shelf that the people recommended, and I'm paging through it, Lewis. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, nobody talks like this. <laughs> this is valuable. I can use this tomorrow. Let's go. And it, it set a fire in my, in my belly. And then I pulled another book off the shelf that they recommended. I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. And I started to get angry. Lewis, I started to get angry at the people who crossed my path in my life before that who didn't know about these books or who didn't recommend them. Because I felt like I was shortchanged. I felt like I got the scraps. And I had an amazing life up until that time. And I was very fortunate, very grateful. But I'm like, wow. So I put that night 47 books in my little crate in the bookstore. And I go and I put them all on my credit card and I finish reading the books. It doesn't matter if it's me, but this changed my life. I finished reading the three books that they recommended cover to cover by, I think it was like 4 a.m. Oh, that wow. next morning. I couldn't get enough. You can't get enough. And that's why you, coaches, players, you've got to get around things that excite you, content that excites you. If it doesn't, delete it, go to something else. Delete the next thing, go to something else. Give it maybe 15 minutes, a, a movie, an independent film, whatever it is, a, a powerful book. If it doesn't rip the heart of your chest in 15 minutes, podcast, whatever it is, delete it, move on. That that juice, that fuel is too valuable. Wow. Yeah, that's some amazing stuff right there, man. I, I It kind of reminds me of a uh, – you mentioned a quote. I want you to share it with uh, our coaches and our athletes that are listening uh, that Pat Summit shared with you, um, you know, just along the lines of just, you know, just to never stop learning. Can you share that with us a little bit? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. I was very fortunate to work with Pat for two years at University of Tennessee with the women's basketball program. And I'll never forget my interview with her at her house. And it doesn't matter to me. This is just context, right? I'm not trying to win a popularity contest here respectfully. I said, Pat, if this doesn't work out for whatever reasons, if this position doesn't work out, what truths would you share with me that you've learned? Because you've had some amazing experience and I think you've learned a lot of things. She said, first and foremost, never, never, ever hire people on your staff or your company, or whatever your scenario is, who you don't trust their skills enough to change your mind. Don't hire a professional puppet as your assistant coach, as your athletic trainer on your staff, whatever it is, whatever situation you're in, just because their resume checks the box, they can fog a mirror, they've been a friend for you for life, and all that trash, that doesn't matter. All that matters is their performance, and do their skills, are their skills leveled up enough, and do you trust those enough to change your mind? That's the first thing she shared. Thanks for listening. Second thing, changed my life. She goes, Scott, never graduate ever. 
I remember, I remember her sharing a story with me. There was a coach who passed away years ago called Don Meyer. He's in the top, mm-hmm. top 10 winningest coaches in, in the country. And Pat told me a story when they used to do the old ABCD basketball camps back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, one and two, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, one and two coach type camp type situations. And you would drive to them. They wouldn't fly you in. You'd drive maybe eight hours, whatever it is. And she's in the car because Don Meyer was her mentor. A lot of people don't know this. And she's driving in the car, Lewis, to this ABCD camp that they were coaching at, whatever, whatever, giving talks at. She pulls out of the driveway. He pulls an audio recorder out of his pocket, and he's her mentor. He puts it between the seats, and he drills her like an ESPN reporter, (laughs) asking her questions for eight hours, literally not taking a breath. And that's... Was a, that was a game-changing skill that she acquired that she attracted people who were like-minded who never graduated. And that's one thing Pat Summit taught me. Man, that, I mean, that's so powerful because you, you can take that principle. I mean, it works outside of basketball. It works outside of coaching. It, it works for life. I mean, literally, you can live the rest of your life and thrive on that to your, to your last breath, man. That, I mean, it's so powerful. It speaks to me so much, man. I remember when you first said that to me, and it, it's just a powerful thing, man. And it just shows just the the vast amount of uh, wisdom that she had. You know, I mean, um, you know, I appreciate her, even though I didn't get to meet her. Or, you know, um, it, it's just amazing how something like that can can radiate through another person's mind, like myself. And, and that's why I wanted you to share that because it's just something that's really, really important. Um, just for our listeners to, to, to be able to grasp. So um, thanks for sharing that. Um, so just to transition a little bit, because we, um, you know, have um, our coaches. And one question I have for you is, you know, um, you know, you work with individuals, you work with not only the sports side teams, you have companies. Like what what fuels you in terms of, this kind of work. I mean, you, cause you didn't have to do that. You, you could have worked with people just, just, you know, on the side behind the scenes, you know, but, but you have a drive to, to really make people better, especially leaders. Like, like, what is your, what is your intention there? Like just from your heart, not even like the, the business side, but just your heart when you walk away from working with somebody, what, what, what helps you to go back and say, you feel good about that meeting that you had with that team or individual? Yeah. So one thing that changed my life, and again, the disclaimers, don't ever believe a word I say, just process things. Maybe something makes sense. Spit out what doesn't make sense, but make sure you act on what makes sense. Make sure it changes you. Never, ever hang around with people who don't change you, right? Your, your radar isn't even close to being up as a coach or a player if you're not being mindful and intentional to be around people who change you in a positive way. Like that's a really, really big deal. Don't go and watch a movie tonight even and not let it change you. Make sure you jump to the screen, feel it. Don't watch it ever. Feel it and study it, and feel and study the people that you're around. And it, it changes things, right? It, it gives you more impact. It, it allows you to leverage life in a different way and be more effective and more fulfilled. So anyways, thanks for listening. Um, there's so many things. Like You have to know why you do what you do because that'll get you through the valleys of life. As a coach, as a player, if you're not continuously setting up your days that in a way that, that reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing, the valleys will destroy you. You'll, you'll get in the trenches and you'll get carved up like this Christmas turkey we're about to crush coming up right <laughs> over bread. So 
one of my whys, thanks for listening, for me, that gives me juice that regardless of what the outcome is, if I give a talk or if I, I coach a coach up or whatever it is, the juice that fuels me in a lot of cases is my dad. I remember, thanks for listening, I remember growing up and I saw my dad every day have 1,900 different jobs and he hated every one of them. And I read a study, I think it was nine, 10 years ago now, and they said the number one variable, Lewis, influencing the growth of a child is whether or not their parents like what they did for work. You don't have to, you don't have to ever tell me that ever again. That's valuable to love what you do and do what you love. Mm-hmm. So again, there's another responsibility on the other side, respectfully, right? Because you're not always going to be able to choose to do what you love and what you excite you. So you have to learn and train to love what you do. And that's the game changer that changed my life. First, starting out, identifying what you love, leverage that to the best of your ability, make sure you can make a living with it, right? Simplify all that fun stuff so that you're able to do that. Sacrifice, right? And then develop the skills to love what you do, no matter what it is. I don't care if you're taking a dump. One guy I work for, he's <laughs> like, you better do it with some passion. Yeah. Because guess what? It might be your last one because <laughs> nobody else can tell you when you're done with whatever you're doing. So make sure you love what you do and work joyfully. Like everyone talks about working hard. That's 1% of the way there. I want people to work joyfully and hopefully I demonstrate that. Changed my life. It's good stuff right there, man. Um, definitely want to love what you do, man, because – you know, as with yourself, I've, I've known and seen a lot of people that, you know, they're they're in professions and doing things and they're doing it just for the money. And, it, and sometimes it has a perception of, OK, they're making a lot of money. They should be happy when in essence they're not. And so, you know, having that passion for what you do is a very important thing, man. So um, another question for you, you know, and I know you've had an opportunity to work with some pretty um, notable individuals and teams and, you know, I know that a lot of those things are spelled out, you know, definitely your website, great website. Um, but can you name maybe one of your most memorable experiences in working with a team or individual and why it was that for you? Thanks for asking. Um, if I could share something quick on the front end, please, this changed my life. So whether you're a coach, player, just a human being in general, let's all do a better job of not – confusing a person's economic value with their human value. Hopefully I demonstrate this, right? So, and you're the same way. Like you, you approach life with humility and the limited amount of time we've had to talk. Like it's really, it's really confusing sometimes for a lot of people when you talk about others as if their value, their human value is different, which it isn't right. Just because they're a hall of fame basketball player or coach, or they make X amount of money and you can put this many zeros to the left of their decimal point and all that, all that stuff that doesn't matter at the end of the day, right? And you know, that's, that's inside your core value system. I could tell after hanging out with you the limit of time we have. But that's a really, really big deal. So I could take a deep breath and list off 900 million examples uh, of amazing people I've been around. And it doesn't matter what their name or title was or position or salary that positively and powerfully impacted my life. The first thing you make me think about is this. And again, this doesn't mean it's better or the best. It's just the first thing I thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at University of Detroit as a strength coach one time, and we had a wall sit contest. 
And we've all been there before as a former player, you know, coach, whatever, whatever. And so we had multiple teams participating and competing in this, which provides unfair advantages because there's nothing better when you can take the girls' basketball or women's basketball team and you can compete them against the volleyball team and or the, the men's basketball team and then softball, right? And you just put them all in a bucket. So we're in the hallway. Thanks for listening. And there's certain strategies you have to unlock as a coach in order to unlock the gifts of the players. And a lot of these strategies I never learned growing up and it only learned from uh, literally being a sponge on steroids and asking questions and kidnapping people to a certain point where it's like, Hey, I'm not leaving until you teach me something like for real. So I've been fortunate to execute things. I think in a little bit different way because I've been around some really, really smart people who've taught me differently. So picture this, imagine this, you got 45, 55 people in a hallway, division one athletes at university of Detroit. And we're doing a wall sit contest. Not all, not all competitions considered equal. It's how you package the competition, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with all your amazing experience as a player and coach, it's the packaging that matters. So here we're here. Here's the packaging. How it was different that I learned that I believe that I got feedback on. We, you know, all the players wall sitted and everyone closed their eyes. That's what the difference was because when you close your eyes, it helps you narrow your focus because you ground yourself to some of the senses that you wouldn't normally ground one of your senses to. Okay. And that's what Kevin Garnett would do as a player. He would close his eyes at a higher level to refocus. LeBron does it. There's, there's the ways you activate your senses to ground yourself to the present moment, increases your awareness, greater your awareness, greater your power, all that fun stuff. So picture this, anyone who's listening right now, you got 45, 55 division one athletes in a room, highly competitive. You're having a wall sit contest. The goal is as, 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 as long as possible with your eyes closed. If Lewis and I are sitting in there and we're wall sitting with the group and we open our eyes, you're done. Automatic DQ, you sit down and you watch everyone else's effort, okay? But what happens is, it's just like, this is how you build leaders, right? Thanks for listening. When you don't care about what other people do, that's when you're at your best, that's when you're free. Mm. And that's what happens when you close your eyes. You don't worry about other people's effort, you just lock into your present moment. And so you do it. And it was unbelievable, Lewis. I saw a Division I basketball women's player do a 47-minute wall sit with her eyes closed. Wow. And her, thanks for listening. When she got done, her teammates had to carry her to her class because when you stand up or try to stand up, you're using your quads. Her quads did not work for hours after that. Oh, wow. It was an amazing demonstration of a 100% controllable effort. It had nothing to do with her talent, popularity, skill level. She locked into her controllables, was hyper-focused, and demonstrated the best version of herself at that moment. And I was very fortunate to be there and witness it. Man, <laughs> that's powerful right there, man. I mean, that, that wow. I'm uh, pretty sure that was talked about for a while. Probably still talked about. Crazy. <laughs> man, that's good stuff, man. Well, hey, man, I know it's uh, you know it's getting close to Christmas and everything, and I sure appreciate your time. I uh, was going to wind it down here a little bit, man. Um, I know we have some coaches and athletes listening, you know, even some people that aren't coaches and athletes that just want to get better, man, and love listening to um, the great opportunity to listen to a podcast, man. Uh, what? Can we leave our, and I know you you said a lot of things already to, I mean, we can end it right now with the number of things that we've talked about, some takeaways, but 
Um, let's just give one takeaway um, to a coach or one takeaway to a player that that's something if they're listening, they can take that say, if I don't get anything else, I'm going to take that right there. That last thing he said right there, I'm going to take that with me. What can we, can we speak to the coaches and players? Gotcha. Again, honored to be on the podcast and, and very, very fortunate to whoever listens to it. And feel free to reach out to me at, you know, anytime and I'll give you my cell phone number and all that good stuff. If that's appropriate, I want real relationships with people. So, um, this is my biggest takeaway. This is one thing that changed my life for, co- for coaches specifically. It's really hard to stay relevant in this nasty world of coaching. It's really, really hard. But I've, I believe, in my opinion, that there's one way to stay relevant so that you can keep your job, be more effective and more fulfilled in whatever space that you're in. And that is resourcefulness and the ability to do more with less. Because here's what happens. The longer you're in coaching, the harder it is to stay in it. Because colleges, high schools, professional teams are hiring younger coaches who will put their watch away for their jobs and just do anything you want and just be a professional puppet and just escort them around all day and just drop them in the meat grinder and just make them work 19 hours a day. So the only way you can still keep a job in the coaching world as you grow and get older, I don't care how much experience you have, the only way you can still keep a job is by being able to do with more with less because respectfully, the new coaches that are coming up, the younger cats, men, women, whoever it is, they haven't learned the skill respectfully at a high level of resourcefulness and the ability to do more with less. They need all of these things, this equipment, this software, this technology, this analytics, these bricks and mortar buildings, this equipment, all of these things because they haven't been taught and trained how to do more with less. And it's starting to backfire in a lot of these coaching scenarios. Thanks for listening. Man, that's really good stuff. Uh, I think we might have mentioned before when me and you talked, uh, we didn't have a Vertimax back in the day. We we had <laughs> we had heels, uh, maybe some strength shoes, some jump rope, and toe raises during the timeouts of the basketball games. <laughs> I mean, we made it happen with what we had. So that's the resourcefulness, man. That's a, that's a huge thing. Um, and what about our players? What, what's one thing that we can leave with any athletes that are listening? Um, maybe want to go to a higher level, maybe want to um, perform their best at where they are. Uh, what's one thing we can leave for them, Scott? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Again, this changed my life, and I, will, I don't think I'll ever waver in this, this answer. Uh, two things. You have to have a rage to master. And what I mean by that, here's how you prove if you have a rage to master what you do. Uh, You have to study yourself like a bug. You have to never graduate, right? You have to triple your ask to answer ratio when you have conversations with people. Really be intentional about uh, asking three times as many questions as you do answer them. It changes everything. I promise you as a friend, Um, it allows you to level up faster, right? So the first thing is a rage to master. Demonstrate that passion for learning. That's borderline unhealth, an unhealthy obsession. And people will feel that and they'll be like, man, like Lewis pumped the brakes for real. Like stop asking so many questions or stop taking a notebook everywhere you go or stop doing the, like, you know what I mean? Stop being so obsessed. When you're borderline unhealthy with that, you know you're kind of in the right spot at the right level at that demonstration. Second request I'd have for players that, and this will change your life. I promise you if you execute, execute this at a high level, be the fastest learner in the room that of which you can. And what I mean by that is, destroying distractions get your technology out of the room take notes on a notepad 
eliminate as many distractions as you can in your life so that it'll allow you to be the fastest learner in any room. I don't care if you're at a restaurant chopping it up with your team, you're on the court and your skill development trainer is taking you through a workout or one of your coaches, or you're at the house with the family, destroy distractions at the higher level, highest level that will free you up to be a faster learner. And in 2019, you have to be a fast learner. And if you don't, you'll be extinct with the dinosaurs. Man, that's good stuff right there. Um, you know, I, I, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking about um, some of the film sessions that, uh, you know, I was administering and, and how players wanted to, you know, bring phones and we had to put the phone rules in place, leave them in your locker room. It, it's so enticing to want to bring distractions in the places where you should be focused. So that's that's a really good point right there, man. So thanks for sharing that. But man, we are so excited, man, to have you on here, man. Appreciate all the, the wisdom and the nuggets that you dropped, man. And just even just for taking time from your family and what you're doing, man, right now to, to come on and talk to us. Um, If you could, man, to end this thing off, um, can you give uh, our listeners some information on how they can contact you? Yeah, no, all good, all good. And I would... I would like to attach this request with it, please, has changed my life. Um, here's my cell phone, 248-217-9725, 248-217-9725. But if you listen to this currently or if you're currently listening to this or if you're in the future, take action within 24 hours and text me. Reach out, say what's up. If, if you connected and found value in what this conversation was, because if you don't demonstrate a level of urgency – inside of something or someone that you connected to why would someone else prioritize you so that's really helped change my life throw a little accountability points behind hey just hit me up in 24 hours like if you connect at a high level you want to continue a conversation all good but make me a priority so i can make you a priority but if you float around and, and like oh well you know maybe i'll get i'll reach out whatever whatever that's good i don't want to communicate to you that way in that type of casual type situation. So just take action effectively if anything connected to you and resonated. And then it, it gets really, really fun after that because then you're on the same level as far as it relates to prioritization and urgency. Man, that's good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate you sharing that, man. And like you said, take action, guys. He's um, left his information there. Even um, listen to this again if you have to um, get that number down so that you can um, – make that a priority. So, uh, man, appreciate it, Scott. This has been an amazing uh, half-hour segment here with you, man. Thank you for allowing me to interview you, um, and appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. I believe in what you're doing, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to interview you. Um, once again, this is Lewis Shine, and um, you can find this recording as well as um, any other of our podcast recordings by visiting my website at www.lewisshine.com or tuning in to any social media under Lewis Shine. That's at Lewis Shine on any social media. Until next time, this is Interview You, Lewis Shine. We'll see you on the next episode.